give me the placid dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. What an awesome piece! I got one! Oh, damn, I got him, I got him, I got him. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Good Monday evening, everybody. I am the host of the Monday Night Kickoff Show, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. Joining me, as always, one ha- uh, one part of the, what are they calling us now? Alex came up with a name for our little our little group, not the Wolf Pack. I think he called it like the Dirty Half Dozen or something like that. Yeah, something like that, yep. <laughs> Mr. Peppy Fidal. What's happening? Good evening, everybody. This, for those of you who may be new to the fishing industry, kayak industry, who are listening to the show, tonight, for some of us, is like Christmas Eve. The reason why I say that, tomorrow tomorrow evening kicks off what I'm sure most of you have seen a bajillion times on, on social media, iCast. Tomorrow evening is the uh, new product showcase that unveils all of the new latest and greatest from every manufacturer who decides they want to put something into the new product showcase to try and win new best new product of the year in their respective categories. Let me tell you what, I am so pumped for this week, dude. I'm sure you're pretty excited too, Pat, but man, I, I'm just... I can't wait. I can't wait for it to start. I can't wait to see all of our uh, all of our good friends that we you know keep in touch with via social media. We get to actually hang out with them a little bit at the actual event. <clears throat> can't wait to walk around and check out all the booths and see what's what's new and exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. I'm only going this year. Uh, I know you're gonna be there pretty much all week. I'll be there Thursday all day on Thursday. I can't be there all week. I couldn't get off of work all that time, but um, I'm excited today. You know, one day is not enough. You know, almost one day is not enough for that place, but I'm going to do my best as far as what I can do, you know, as far as um, walk around and see as much as I can in that one day that I'm there. I just, um, you know, because at the same time, I got to be inside the native uh, watercraft uh, booth for a little while, so I got to be in there too, so. But um, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. We've already seen some of the sneak peeks and stuff like that that's coming out and everything. So it's gonna be neat, you know. It's gonna be it, there's always something that always blows your mind. You know how it is, Chuck. You show up there and all of a sudden there's something there that just blows your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what's interesting is uh, a lot of manufacturers kind of pull back on the reins a little bit and try and be hush hush about new things that are coming out and. Even when they drop little subtle hints or little sneak peeks of what you think you're going to see, a lot of them will end up blowing your mind for sure with what they're actually coming out with. Uh, you know, I was uh, I was pretty surprised to see that Wilderness Systems has got a new boat they're going to be showing off along with Old Town and 
I, don't, I think uh, Native as well, right? Native's got a new boat they're showing off, right? Yeah, Native came out. It's coming out with uh, they came out with a sneak peek of the 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 version of the Slayer Propel, the smaller version, ten uh, footer, ten um, foot boat. I don't know, a lot lighter. The whole thing, you know, it's just uh, I forgot what the name of it is. I'm not even sure what the name of that boat is, um, but I'm sure people have seen it on social media. Um, I'm curious to see it myself too. I haven't seen I haven't, I haven't seen it in person either myself, so I'm curious to see what it's all about. But yeah, that'll I'm be sure, good though. That, you know, this could, that, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. it's going to be all the other manufacturers there too, and everything like that. You know, other boats. You know, we're going to like you said, they're hiding everything's everybody's tight lip about that stuff. So sure, there'll be more stuff coming out from other manufacturers. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, you know, there's a couple of uh, let's see, there's a couple of. Um, New boats, like I say, coming out from those other manufacturers. Uh, there's a lot of new rods, reels, uh, lures, um, a bunch of new companies who are coming out with new apparel. So it's definitely going to be really, really interesting, kind of a different dynamic altogether. What's interesting about Tuesday night is uh, there's actually two product showcases, two new product showcases, one for the, the fly side of the, of the show, um, and if you guys didn't know that last year, it was the first year they actually had the, uh, international fly tackle, um, what is it? International fly tackle trade, trade association, uh, was there. And, uh, yeah, so I guess it's going to be so big this time that they're going to have, um, their own separate, separate situation for the new product showcase. Uh, something else that's pretty interesting that I, I haven't seen in any year prior that I can remember is uh, skiffs. There's actually going to be, I think Hell's Bay is going to be there. Beaver Tail is going to be there. There's a couple of skiff companies that are going to be there. Um, actually, you know what? Thinking back now, I think that there was some, there, there have been some skiffs there. I take that back. There have been skiffs. I don't remember the skiffs having a booth the way they have them this year. I remember skiffs being out on the floor. So, my bad. Yeah. <clears throat> Getting old, so my memory's starting to go. Um, but anyhow, we'll we'll talk more about iCast. Obviously, it's going to be the hot topic for tonight. Um, but let's get into a little bit of conversation about what we love to do is uh, is fish, right? Peppy, did you get to do any fishing last week? Uh, yeah, last week I actually got the fish. Um, I went out on Friday. Opening day of the endangered red snapper. Um, actually got out with uh, Captain Oscar Ritchie on Friday. Uh, got out with him. Uh, got out with Drew Mixon and and, and his, uh, young kid Nick. Um, actually had a great time out there. We spent, I mean, we were out there all I would say, man, I'm telling you, I was whooped when I got home. I was whooped. <laughs> got left, was at the dock at 6 in the morning, landed on the dock again at 9 o'clock at night. Wow. So, yeah, that was an all day, I mean, I was whooped. <laughs> you know how it is when you're on a boat all day, Chuck, like that, and you're standing up on that oh, fiberglass yeah. all day long? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you your legs, your feet, everything, your back, everything just hurts. And um, it was a good day. You know, we had a 
we had we had a good day though, you know. We we had it. We ended up having a good day out there. Um, took the kayaks out there too at the same time, um, and uh, ended up catching a couple big snappers. Ended up catching a big a couple couple nice snappers. Uh, um, I think the full moon has something to do with it. That's why we were out there all day long trying to get our snappers. Um, and at the same time, ended up uh, Drew ended up freelining. He ended up freelining a bogey on a stinger rig. And next thing you know, that line started going off. And started going off, and we started we chased it down with the boat and everything like that. I got up on a tower. I, I got up on top of Alan by the tower on, on Alex's uh, tower there, and I started looking for the fish. And all of a sudden, that fish turned sideways, and I was like, oh, my God. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it from the, just looking at it. It was a huge kingfish. I could tell it was big when I saw it sideways. Sure enough, yeah. we estimated to be something like a 45-pound kingfish we ended up catching. So that was the icing on the cake right there. That was that was awesome. You know, um, had it, and, and, and to tell you the truth, I got, I got, I've been fishing, you know, I've fished offshore and, and, uh, and all this stuff my whole life and everything like that. But I'll tell you right now, Chuck, I have never gotten owned as many times as I got owned that Friday. That, that, that whole day Friday. I, I got owned, Chuck. I got owned by, by several big fish that I cannot turn I cannot turn their heads. I mean I cannot turn these fish's heads. And I was pulling as hard as I can on the rod. I had one of at one point I had one of uh, Drew Mix's uh one of his Shimano Travala rods. And I do not know how that rod did not snap. Because that thing was bent <laughs> <laughs> and even, I mean, I was on it bent like the way I was, and just to make sure that I had a fish on there, Drew grabbed the line with his hand. He wanted to see if there was, and Drew turned around and goes, oh, yeah, there's a fish on there. You can, <laughs> But I could not turn that fish's head. We don't know. We think it was probably a Goliath group or something like that. It was just that big, you know, that just, there was no, he was toying with me. You know, he was just playing with me. Yeah. <laughs> but. There's some big fish out there. Paul, you have one of the, I think Alex is, I think Captain Alex is booked now uh, for the rest of the Red Snapper season as far as uh, kayak trips, uh, mothership trips out there. But if you all want to get into it next year, make plans for it for now to go out there with local lines charter um, with Captain Alex to Richard. Make plans because he's going to start doing, he's starting to do these charters, these uh, mothershipping trips out there on kayaks. And I'm telling you, you want to, Experience something. Experience a big red snapper like that from a kayak. I mean, that's 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 as good as it gets right there. Good stuff. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how hard uh, a red snapper can pull, or even a grouper can pull on the bottom. I mean, it's nuts. But so that's cool, man. That's the only fishing you got to do. That's a pretty damn good trip. So. That, I mean, you know, Chuck, you know what it is? That's the only fishing I got to do because it just it wore me out so bad that whole day. It wore me out that I was done for the rest of the weekend. No, I just was not. I mean, it was that much fishing. I mean, it was nonstop fishing that long, all day long. That is just, I was whooped, you know. Even, I think even Alex and, and, even, and even Drew, I mean, after we were done with that and everything like that, we were, like, done. I mean, uh, I mean, we were talking about it like the next day. It was like, ah, we don't know if we can fish the next day. You know, it's like, 
Ed's asking if the uh, Ed's asking if the snapper fought harder than uh, up at the Boondoggle at Perdillo Key. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, these things when Alex is not when Alex Fox calls them Cadillacs, he ain't joking. <laughs> I mean, these things yeah. are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the fish are going to be much bigger over here than uh, than what you find over there on the West Coast, typically, in the shallow stuff. I mean, our fish out here, I mean, they've had all these months just to grow and grow and grow. So, yeah, they're going to – you're going to find some big ones. You're going to find a lot of fish probably in that, you know, 10 to 15-pound range and on up to the 20, 25-pound range and maybe get get lucky and get one a little bit bigger than that. So, uh should be a good trip for whoever's hooked up with, uh, with Alex. I know Ed and Mike Welsh there in the chat room – um, are going to be going. So I know those guys are going over to what? ICAST too. I think they're going over to ICAST on Thursday. Oh, that's when I'll be there. I'll be there Thursday. Um, one advice I'll give them. I mean, I think all fish from kayak. They fished offshore, um, off of kayaks and stuff like that. And so they know they 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 know all about it. They know how to do this and stuff. But one thing I've noticed with those big snappers like that, those big red snappers. If you're on a kayak and you end up hooking with one of those and you end up hooking one, as soon as you hook that fish, there ain't no playing around. Don't lift the rod up. The whole stuff, start reeling as fast as you can. <laughs> start reeling as fast as you can and get them off that bottom as fast as you can. Yep. Because on a yeah, kayak, I'm telling you, you don't have any leverage. And, and you want them up off the bottom as fast as you can. Yep. No no hook setting like you're uh... – Bill Dance or one of the Bass Bassmaster Classic guys, you know, just as soon as you feel that bite, point that rod tip down towards the water and just crank as hard as you possibly can, and don't stop cranking until you can't crank anymore. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. The thing over here about our big red snapper is, man, that first 15, 20 feet is everything. If you can get them up off that first 15, 20 feet, you have a very good chance of landing that fish. If you mess around and your drag's not tight and, you know, you're playing games, you're going to lose almost every fish to the rocks or to a ledge. Um, so, yeah, we've got it's – there's a lot of good bottom out there, and Alex fishes some pretty some pretty aggressive bottom, so uh, you guys all have fun out there. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you had a great trip out there. And I saw pictures of that kingfish. I think it was huge. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I mean, that's, that was icing on the cake right there. That was awesome catch something like that you know we were here talking about it you know drew fished um drew used to fish kingfish tournaments and he yeah. and drew was sitting there and drew even said he goes you know what if we would have caught this fish during a tournament this is a big money fish right here <laughs> oh yeah fish that size during a kingfish tournament dude you're talking 20 30 50 grand somewhere in there it's crazy yep, yep. <laughs> sometimes even more than that but uh yep Mike Welsh is saying he's going to feel naked without his pro angler 14. The outback will be a new challenge. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Mike, I did the mothership trip with Alex. Um, what about a little over a month ago? And, uh, I honestly felt really good in that outback out there in the, uh, in the ocean. It it was, uh, it was nice to, for the brief time I was in it. I'm going to be honest. I'm not, I wouldn't want to sit in that boat the way it's configured right now. Um, all day long. It's just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't comf- that comfortable to me to do it all day long, but for what we were doing, it wasn't too bad. Um, but anyhow, let's see. 
Oh, I got to get out and do a little fishing, but you know what? We're going to segue from, from that into a commercial break real quick. Kind of let me gather my thoughts up real fast and plug one of our sponsors. Uh, folks, listen, obviously you guys have been listening to the show for a while. Who are listening to us tonight, you know very well that Peppy and I are both on the uh, pro team for uh, PowerPole. The PowerPole Micro has definitely been a game changer, and, and it proved its worth the other night. Uh, it was, sorry, the other day when I was out fishing in the, uh, in the no motor zone and got on some tarpon and some snook. I was able to hold my position at will if I needed to pick the thing up so the fish could pull me a little bit or whatever. It's just the press of a button. You never lose control of your, of your rod while you're, while you're trying to anchor yourself. You never uh, have to worry about whether or not you can actually physically put the, the stakeout pole in the ground because the machine does it for you. Hard bottom, soft bottom, muddy bottom, it doesn't make a difference. You're able to anchor on point. So get yourself out there. Find somebody who, who's local to you who has a power pole micro. Check that thing out. I'm telling you, it is, it is one piece of equipment that on your boat you cannot be without. I mean, it's, it is definitely a game changer. And as you guys know, um, Luther from Yak Attack just came out with a bunch of new mounts for several different styles of boats so uh check that out over on his website you can find that at yakattack.com right puppy yeah yeah yakattack.com and uh i'm telling you it's awesome if anybody in the local area wants to try it out feel free to get a hold of me on social media and uh i'll be more than happy to let you try out the one i have mounted on the back of my pro angler so don't forget they're awesome that was really cheesy, man. That was a bad <laughs> commercial. I'm trying to tell. Uh, I'm trying to tell our boys over there at uh, at PowerPole, man. They need to come up with a soundbite for us. We just hit a button, and uh, it would be their own pre-recorded commercial. But that'll they work. We're gonna do a bonefish. Bonefish tarpon truck, real quick. Yeah, I know. We're gonna get it done. I'm, we'll talk to Finn over at uh, ICAST. So uh, bonefish tarpon <laughs> trust. Here we go. Give me the flats of dawn with plenty of tailing fish and the perfect fly rod yeah. and get ready for some magic. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust nice fish. and help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Speaking of Bonefish and Tarpon Trust, one of my favorite species to target this time of year, the juvenile tarpon, are thick everywhere you go right now in the river. In the Mosquito Lagoon, the Banana River, Indian River, they are thick. They are definitely making a comeback. It's good to see it. Um, I was fortunate enough to go do a little fishing the other day with one of my neighbors, Doug and uh, Doug Robertson, not to be confused with the family of Duck Dynasty, but uh, Doug Robertson. And we had a great time. Um, first thing in the morning, went over, got on a couple of small tarpon, and uh, got him his first from a kayak, which was pretty cool to see. And then, uh, you know, we decided, all right, let's go meat fishing. We were going looking for reds. And, dude, I don't know what's going on. I'm not complaining because I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather catch snook and tarpon than catch redfish this time of year anyway. But, dude, I could not 
find a redfish for nothing. For and, and Peppy, I'm telling you, I I fished hard. <laughs> From Nassau Causeway down to Buck Creek, I fished hard. <laughs> and uh the few that I saw were pushing, were moving along and they were they were on a mission. They weren't hanging out. They didn't want to say hello, didn't want to get their picture taken. They just they were moving. They were on a mission to go somewhere. Got down around Buck Creek and got lucky. Uh, saw a small little group of uh, rat reds. So pitched a molting colored SST, which just so happens to be my favorite color, soft plastic, and favorite style. And uh, on a weedless hook, which I keep telling myself I'm not going to do, but I did it anyway. And uh, busted a little rat red. So I was going after a grand slam. I wanted to do it all on fly. I was because I was honestly I was expecting to see a few more uh, redfish cruising around tailing and such. What's that? No, I didn't say nothing. No worries. So uh, I was hoping to do it all on fly, but I didn't see enough fish to warrant busting out the fly rod. As far as reds were concerned. They were so few and far between that I needed to take advantage of any shot I had with spin. So that was a half of my grand slam. First thing in the morning, the redfish and then the tarpon or the tarpon and the redfish. And uh, as I'm getting closer and closer to uh, Bucks Creek, I look over and I see a guy coming towards me. Just before I get ready to cuss him out, it's Wade. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Wade's like, well, hello, Chuck. <laughs> and I'm like, well, hello, Mayor. <laughs> and uh, I didn't, I didn't know if he had put it, put in off the uh, bridge or if he came up from Cars Park. So we chit chatted there for a minute and came up from Cars, got his cardio on, and uh, asked him how he had been doing, and he caught a couple trout. He said he hadn't seen a single redfish the whole way up. The whole way yeah. from cars didn't see a single red. And uh I mean we all know we all know the mayor, oh Wade Hollowell. We all know that he is one heck of a fisherman. And if he says he hadn't seen a redfish the whole way up, I I'm not doubting the man. <laughs> so yeah. uh I know I know where they're all at. I well, know where we'll all those reds that. are at. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Remember what I, no, about the phone call, about me calling you the other day? Yeah. Yeah. That's where they're all at, inside of the <laughs> area where you cannot, you cannot throw a line in the water. I mean, that that's where they're all at. <laughs> They've all migrated to, to, the, to the, the sacred culvert pipe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, people, if you're, when you, when, you're listening, last week I was actually doing a job. I was working inside the Space Center. And I was over by launch pad 39A and decided to stop in the culvert there. I hadn't done it like in two years. I hadn't stopped in that culvert. I stopped in that culvert, and I just sat there with my mouth wide open, jaw dropping, just looking down at 10 to 15 40-plus reds, 40-inch-plus reds, um, 35-inch-plus snook, 30 plus inch trout all over the place just swimming around. I mean, these are fish are 10 yards away from me that I can see them clear as day. Black drum, tarpon, 
you name it. They, it was all in front of me. It was like an aquarium. I mean, it was it was disgusting what I was looking at. And I sat there with my jaw just wide open, just sitting there watching. I even called Chuck up. And I, that's when I was calling you up, and I told you, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And yeah. at the same time, the security drives by in his truck. He's looking at me, and he has a big smile on his face because he knows exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. That's what I Crazy. like. <laughs> Crazy. Well, Ed, Ed, real quick, Ed's jumping out of the chat room. He's closing up shop tonight, going to grab some dinner. Uh, appreciate you tuning in, Ed, and uh, we'll see you on Thursday, brother. And uh, be safe out there with this weather. So, yeah, so Peppy calls me, tells me all about that. So I'm all fired up thinking, man, they, the, the no motor zone must just be going off if there's all these fish, you know. And So we get over here to, uh, to the creek, and there's, first of all, there are more mullet in the, in the no motor zone that I have seen in a long, long time. Also, yep. a good, also a good thing. Not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But for anybody who's ever been to one of my seminars or is listening to the show for any length of time, there's a few things that I always look for when I get on a flat. And if I don't see those things, I, I automatically I get discouraged, right? And I get, I get kind of frustrated. If I don't see catfish and I don't see stingrays and I don't see pufferfish cruising around on the flat, I get, I get a little nervous about, about my choice of launch destination. Now, think about that yeah. for a second. Why would you want to see pufferfish? <laughs> why on earth would you ever want to see catfish? And why would you want to find stingrays? Well, my good friends, because if you do find those three species, there's something there for them to eat. They're not there for no reason. They only come together like that when there's things there to be eaten, prey items. So typically, if you find those three species, you'll find reds and trout, snook and tarpon and everything else hanging around somewhere near or in and around those, those groups of fish. Now, a lot of times, I don't know if you've seen it very much, Pep, but I've seen it a bunch of times where the bigger uh, southern stingrays that, that kind of hang out in the lagoon, especially in the motor zone certain times of the year, I'm not talking about the little small ones. I'm talking about their, their great-grandfathers that are like three, three and a half foot across. Yep. If you ever see one of those things cruising down a flat, every now and again you'll come across one that's got a redfish or two following it. And uh, it's just like a cobia following a manta ray offshore. They just follow them until they find the food. Manta rays are looking for plankton. What, what eats plankton? Uh, all of your filter feeding type bait fish and small bait fish. So your pogies, your, uh, your thread fins, your pilchards, your um, sardines, all those things eat plankton. Well, guess what a cobia eats? <laughs> All the same stuff. So it just kind of works that way. If you find those three species, you're going to find fish on the flats. Eventually it will happen. But I didn't see very much of it. I mean, I'm talking, I might have, actually I saw one confirmed puffer fish because Doug caught it. And then I saw uh, a handful of catfish, but they were, you know where they were? They were way up in the really hot, stinky water playing around up in the grass. They're up in that stuff. And I didn't see very – I saw a handful of stingrays for the whole day, which wasn't much. First thing in the morning, before I got that tarpon, I saw a, a pretty good-sized school of uh, – pretty, pretty good-sized school of um, black drum. I couldn't get them to eat nothing, obviously. 
But uh, man. So anyway, about the time I see Wade, there's fish just blowing up all over the place around Buck Creek. I mean, they're just crashing bait everywhere, and I'm thinking, and we're in it now. This is this is where it's gonna go down, you know. So uh, yeah. Turns out it, it was a overabundance of tarpon, up to I would say about 25 pounds. I had one that that I kept playing with that was pushing that 25 pound uh, um, mark, and then a, a bunch of small snook. So uh, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting um, to see that. I mean, it, it, I'm really glad to see the snooker bouncing back. You know, and while we were fishing, Wade was telling me, Peppy, that you had caught a bunch of snook off the same tree I was throwing at. So um, that's a good sign, man. I mean, I'm glad to see the snook coming back. And uh, I went up, went up a little bit closer to the bridge on the way back. Oh, I'm sorry, on the way down. I'm skipping around here because I'm, you know, ADD. I uh, on the way down to Buck Creek, I come up on that one cove that's up there. And, uh, man, there was, there was tarpon blowing up everywhere. So I pull in there with the fly rod. I get a decent one, probably about 10, maybe pushing 15 pounds to eat a uh, little popper that I tied up the other day and had him on for a while. And he finally threw the fly back at me, went over, played with another one, and then uh, made our way down. But here's the thing. You, you caught him inside. Did you go inside? Did you, did you, were you throwing the fly into the creek? In the Buck Creek or in the creek north of it, Buck Creek? North of Buck Creek. Those creeks uh, that are in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't throw it up into oh, the creek. Okay. I didn't have to. They were sitting they were sitting outside of the creek. They were sitting uh oh, okay. like right in where the break is between the trees. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we went inside on the all the way up by the cove. We went in the cove up by the bridge. We went inside that one creek, but we didn't yeah. uh we didn't do that second creek. The one that's all the way up, up near the uh, the roadway or whatever. Which by, by the, the road, way, yeah, dude, I got owned twice <laughs> right there at the, at the mouth of that creek. I'm telling, really, listen, dude, I got owned by a snook. Remember that snook you caught up there? I got owned by a snook that had to have been like that, if not even a little bit bigger on the fly. I mean, I owned, I, 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 yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it at all. <laughs> I mean, that's. Uh, I, you, right there, where you're saying you got owned right there, I saw Lynn yeah. get owned the same thing by a big snook right there, the same thing. It sounded like a shotgun went off the way his line broke. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it was that was the craziest thing that, uh, that I had ever seen. I, I'm throwing this little popper. I tied this little small popper. It, it, it's not much bigger than what you might would throw for big brim. Right, because I know they're eating little stuff up in there. So, and I tied it on a number two owner mosquito hook. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't like rigged up for freaking dinosaurs or for big fish. I was rigged up for you know typical zero to whatever ten pound tarpon. I throw the I see this fish busting this bait up around the edge of the trees. I throw the fly up in there. By the third or fourth pop, it looked like someone dropped a five-gallon pail from the shuttle. <laughs> I mean, the water flew everywhere. The line comes tight. 
this thing comes about halfway out of the water away from me, right? And shaking his head, getting crazy, causing a ruckus. And uh, all of a sudden he goes straight for the trees and there's no stopping him. Pow! Breaks me off. Oh, my God. I'm on an eight-weight fly rod, man. I mean, I wasn't prepared for that. (laughs) I wasn't ready for that to happen. And that's the problem, Chuck, right there with that one little creek right there, that if you get a big fish right there where you where that happens to you, that's the problem right there is those trees right around you. You don't have much room to uh, really mess around with that fish, you know? Yeah, and there's a big there's a big sign that says, do not enter. <laughs> so I do, yeah. I do not enter. And speaking of do not enter, I, I'm, I'm hoping – that whoever was uh, brave or dumb enough to go up into Buck's Creek the other day while we were out there um, is listening to the show. And listen, I personally will buy you a reading program so that you can learn to read. (laughs) I'm just saying. Was there somebody way in there? Bro, this dude was gone. Like, in the back of Buck Creek and around the corner. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, not like kind of in the creek, like he got pulled in by a, you know, by a fish. <laughs> yeah. No, this dude was on a mission. Oh. It, yeah. So, and if you need any speech therapy or anything like that, man, my, my sister-in-law does that for a living, so we'll get you squared away. Just contact me on social media. Oh, my God, dude. I'm surprised the helicopter didn't come out. No, dude, nothing, because the whole time we're, me, my neighbor, and Wade are sitting on the other side of the signs. You know, I get the power pole down so that if I did hook a decent fish, he wouldn't pull me in there. And uh, this dude, dude is all the way in the back, man, around the corner. He literally went so far back, Peppy, we couldn't see him anymore. That's crazy, man. That's that's nuts, and I really this guys like, must have been this like, guys like, must have been on a bathroom break or something because and, yeah, and I would like to hear how he did because that's always been I sat there Chuck, same as you sat there at the stick right there at the pole that says no you know no do not enter the whole stuff and I sat there just salivating just watching bait get busted up way back in there I said oh my god if I could just have the chance to just go back there one time <laughs> oh, yeah man. well. And- and we're sitting there, and we have no shortage of fish right in front of us. I mean, there's fish everywhere, just blowing up all over the place. And this dude, I look over, I'm like, are oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> this dude was gone. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. But he, but listen, there's no way he could have paddled in there and not, A, not seen white signs and whatever else. And there's no way he couldn't have seen those fish that were blowing up right at the mouth of the creek. I mean, it was going off to the point to where it was obvious. Like, wait five seconds and something's getting eaten. Like, it was crazy. So I ended up getting, uh, I don't remember. I think I ended up getting two or three. I know I got two. Might have got three snuck right there. Um, I had a good day, though, all in all. You know, I got... I got my uh, my slam, just a regular old slam. I got a redfish, a snook, and a trout. I mean, sorry, redfish, snook, and tarpon. And I just couldn't find a trout to save my life for that grand slam. 
I went out deep off the edge of the, the flat, out past the shoal, um, through the uh, SST around a little bit, letting it hit the bottom and stuff, trying to get a little dink trout, any size trout would have worked, but that didn't happen. But, dude, so here's the thing. Going back to the launch, okay, it got so hot outside with no wind that I literally felt ill. I was having I was having issues with the heat, and I, I tried to stay hydrated. I, I brought two big giant bottles of water with me, and uh, I drank both of them. I had uh, water in my my Yeti Rambler cup with ice. I drank all of it, and I like literally felt sick, like heat exhaustion kind of sick. So, you know, let that kind of be a a lesson for anybody who's out there listening to the show. Man, be careful. If the wind dies down and there's no breeze and, you know, you're out there at 10, 30, 11 o'clock and it's just raging heat, make sure to stay hydrated. Make sure to wear nice, cool clothes because that was not fun, man. I don't wish that on anybody. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was nuts. So besides that, I'm probably, I don't know, 200 yards from the truck. All right. And let me tell you something. I saw one of the biggest snook I've ever seen in my entire life. Huh. In probably two foot of water. And it was Peppy, it was so it was so big that it didn't really even spook. It just kinda like swam away. Nice and slow. Like Flicking me as fin, like I know all about you, sir, in your big giant yellow kayak, and you know it's not going to happen. Now the question is now, how big was it? All right, well, give you an idea. I, I've been fishing Port Canaveral for snook for years. I've caught plenty of giant snook in the port. Um, you know, well over thirty inches, pushing forty inches. Some of them over forty inches. This fish. This is no exaggeration. This fish had to have been probably 8 to 10 inches easy across the shoulders, across the gill plates. Seriously. <laughs> I'd like to meet up with them. <laughs> Dude, this thing was huge. It was. I'm telling you, and... and my jaw just dropped. I'm just sitting there and cause I'm pedaling and I'm right behind it. It's like I could, I could have took my fly rod and tickled the top of his back from the sitting position in my boat. And that's where he stayed the whole time. So we pushed out onto a little bit deeper water and then he disappeared. But he was up in the really skinny stuff up there looking for something to eat. Cause I pushed a couple smaller ones out from that same area, you know, I pushed a couple smaller ones out from the same area, and uh, yeah, that was that was awesome. I mean, that was worth the price of admission for sure, just to see a fish that size. Crazy, absolutely crazy. They're, they're, uh, I'm I'm glad, like you said, I'm glad to see the snook coming back, and I'm actually glad to see them the way they're coming back, especially in the no motor zone. You know, um, they're starting to come back really thick there, and I think. 
like you said, you saw a big one. I have a feeling either this year or next year we will see pictures. We will see somebody. If it's hopefully it's one of hopefully it's me <laughs> with a forty, you know, with a forty inch snook. You know what I'm saying? I, I would love to see a forty inch snook pulled out of there out of out of no motor zone because I know last year I caught a thirty four incher there. Yeah. Um, like you said. I wouldn't doubt it if they're there now. You know what I'm saying? There's some big ones you me- in there. Remember the picture of remember the picture of Jean's uh, Jean's big snook she caught recently. Yeah, Jean McElroy. Yep. This snook was bigger than that. Dude, and now it's a monster. Dude, this snook was bigger than that. I could wow. I couldn't even I couldn't even yell over to my neighbor like. I was speechless. I literally, for the first time in my life, I had nothing to say. Huh. I, I just, I just sat there and watched it in awe. I didn't even try and cast at it. What the hell was the point? You know, it's right in front. He knows them there. <laughs> you know, it, maybe he. Wow. I don't know. I couldn't. I just couldn't even bring myself to cast at it. I just sat there and watched him swim away. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen, man. Craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that's. That's crazy. But I have a whole I have a whole new game plan for the next time I'm at the no motor zone or next time I'm fishing around in a a, a, a a beach area or whatever. I have a whole new game plan, man. I, all I'm doing is I'm targeting snook and tarpon. The hell with a redfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That 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 got my blood pumping, man. I mean how many most of the time when we're out there we're fishing. We'll run across a big redfish. Like you run, you eventually you'll stumble upon a giant and there's not, you know, for the most part, there's nothing you can do to catch them if you're not throwing cut bait. Exactly. Right. So it's not a big deal when you see them, but when you see a giant snook like that, that fish will stay with me. It's just like big trout. You see a giant trout, trout was well over 30 inches. You'll never forget that fish. And the next time you go fishing, you're going to go right back to where you saw that trout, and you're going to try like hell to catch it. And snooker, but see, the cool thing for us is that snook are one of those fish that they tend to hang out in one area and stay there for a while. You know, they like they like to they like they like a spot for a reason. Whether, whether there's water movement, or there's just enough bait, or there's enough structure, there's enough you know area for hiding, and the water level is up enough. To where he can get that. I don't know if that big one can get there, but the smaller ones can get up to the trees. So, yeah, you know, um, there's, there's several areas like like you're saying. There's several. They like to hang on in certain areas, and there's several areas there in the no motors zone where I know, I know for a fact that we go there, and I would say ninety percent of the times we will land a snook somewhere or another. Whether big or small, we will catch one, and 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 I know there's some big ones there because, like I told you, there's another spot there in the no motor zone um, that a couple, um, a couple months ago I told you I, I got my hook straightened up. I got my hook straightened by a snook out there, yep. and and I yeah, there's I know there's some big ones there. Yep. I missed a big one on the fly rod uh, in that by that creek that's north of uh, Bucks. Yeah. The way he came up and ate, I knew it was a big snook. And the, the the wake that he pushed off coming out of the creek, it was a big fish. 
I was just like, <laughs> I just shook my head, just like that was cool to watch it explode on the fly, and but you know, I, I don't even know, even if I hooked it, I don't think I'd have landed it. I'm, I was only using a twelve pound tippet, so um, I, I don't know, man, crazy. I will say this though, I have a, uh, I have a new. Um, fly fly leader intermediate leader that I like to use now uh, I kind of became a fan of this product um, just the other day Sunday a um, couple gentlemen stopped into the shop from a company called Blue Sky furled leaders it's a furled leader so for all, any of you fly fishermen out there if you have not tried a furled leader it is actually pretty awesome um, this particular leader, I believe was seven and a half foot long. Uh, it was, uh, it didn't go by pound testage. It went by, um, the weight of your fly line. So it was rated for anywhere from a six to an eight weight. Um, and it was for still water purposes. Let me tell you, um, crazy dude, just crazy. Can you spell name? What? Can you spell the pearl leader? Oh, furled. It's a furled leader, uh, not not pearl. It's uh, Blue Sky is the name of the company, and it's a furled leader, which means basically it's like monofilament braided. Yeah, and it's tapered, which is crazy. But, uh, man, it lays out nice. It really lays out nice. And... Uh, it's pretty awesome, pretty good stuff. So anyway, the gentleman stopped in the shop, just kind of there down on vacation, and uh, was looking for some info on where to go, what to do, and whatever else. And because uh, they were having a hard time finding some fish, so I uh, asked them what they wanted to catch, and they said, "Well, you know, we'd like to we'd like to get on some redfish, but we're not really too worried about that because the the two guys that were with the owner of the company were from North Carolina, so they can catch redfish whenever. But they really wanted to try and find some tarpon." And I told them, you know, there's some big ones hanging around, but at the same time, there's a lot of smaller juveniles, and they were all about it. So I uh, sat down at the bench in the shop and tied them up a couple of my favorite uh, tarpon flies, and they went out. <clears throat> the next day, they put a bunch of tarpon in the air but never got one to the boat and uh, went to where I told them to go and threw the flies, told them to throw and all that stuff, and it worked out. So he calls me up, and he's like, hey, can we buy some of those flies off you because – you know, we'd like to get a couple more. And I'm like, no, nah, man, don't worry about it. You gave me some leaders to play with, so come on by. So make a long story short, they ended up uh, getting a couple of the small tarpon in the boat, which was awesome. I mean, that was one of the goals of one of the guys on the boat was to get his first tarpon, so that was cool. Um, glad that worked out for him. But, man, yeah, no, I was really impressed with these leaders. And they have stretch. There's, a, there's quite a bit of stretch to the leader um, because it's furled. It's almost like Chinese finger cuffs. <coughs> There's a loop at one end attached to your fly line. There's a loop at the other end attached to your tippet. And, uh, yeah, they cast really well. I was pretty impressed. And you can definitely feel a little bit of give when the fish, you know, crash the surface and, and take to the air. You can feel that that leader kind of take a little bit of, of the uh, absorption out of the, the fight. So that was good. So check out that product. Those gentlemen are not going to be at iCast. Um, I was hoping that they would be, but they're not going to be there. So <clears throat> go to Blue Sky. I think, believe it's bluesky.com or bluesky.leaders.com. 
you should be able to find it there. Um, yeah. Wade's telling me I should sell flies. So anyways, um, speaking of selling flies, real quick, guys, and then we're going to get jump back into ICAST just a little bit, and then we're going to call it a night. Um, BlueSkyFly.com. Thank you. Um, we have a uh, 14-year-old young man who comes into KBB Outfitters and helps out. He volunteers his time during the summer, comes in, sweeps the floors, <clears throat> restocks shelves, um, ties flies, gives his two cents on fishing tackle. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, and uh, this young man is trying to buy his first kayak. Um, not asking for handouts, not asking for uh, donations per se. He's selling his flies uh, online. His name is Tucker. Tucker, uh, I've known Tucker's dad who works for the sheriff's office for a while. And um, <laughs> I, I've known Tucker's dad for a while, works for the sheriff's office. And when I used to work with that, so I knew who he was, whatever. So Tucker's a good kid, got his head on straight, loves fishing. He's, uh, he's obsessed actually with fishing and wants to get into kayak fishing. So Tucker and I were discussing how we can get him into a kayak. And since he is 14 years old, I can't pay him for his time at the shop. I can give him some store credit so he can get some stuff that he can use to tie supplies or whatever. But um, we came up with an idea, even though I've had my issue with, uh, with public fundraising. Uh, we came up with an idea that since he doesn't have a, a bank account of his own, why don't we do a GoFundMe type account? And he can sell his flies on that GoFundMe account. Um, and that's basically what you're doing when you go to the, when you go to the page is you're buying uh, some of his flies that he ties. So he's got different levels for different amounts of money. So if you buy, say you, you purchase uh, whatever, $10 worth, you get X amount of flies. You buy $20 worth, you get X amount of flies. You buy $50 worth, you get X amount of flies. So it's kind of how it works. So far, so good. He's done really well. He's uh, his goal, I think, is right around eight seventy-five or something like that. Eight hundred seventy-five bucks. We're still not completely sure which boat that he wants. Um, we're gonna let him demo as many as he wants to until he figures out which one it is. But uh, you know, for a fourteen-year-old kid to be enthusiastic about wanting to get into, into fishing, and you know, truth be told, you know it. If he didn't do it this way, it would probably be a long, long time before he gets into a kayak. So uh, if you get an opportunity, shoot, o jump over to my Facebook page, and uh, you'll find the link on my Facebook page for his GoFundMe account. I don't have the link to put up in the uh, in the uh, chat room there, but yeah. So he wants a PA, Greg, but I'm not. I'm not I would not allow him to sit there and wait and try and get a PA because that's just ridiculous. He. The poor child will have to sell like 5,000 flies in order to buy a PA, even, <laughs> even with us helping him out. But, uh, and we are, of course, going to help him How much money does he out. have raised right now? I think he's up to, well, on, on the GoFundMe account, last time I checked, he was at 275 Okay. Um, but uh, he's had a couple guys come by the store that have just paid him cash. So I think, I'm not going to say for sure, but I think he's got – somewhere in the 350 range maybe 
So he's okay. doing pretty good. He's doing pretty good. Yes, and uh, <laughs> he does, man. He ties. He does tie some nice looking flies. I will say that. Um, and you know, the kid, he's re- very respectful. Um, just a good kid, man. The way that we want all the little fourteen year olds to be. There's a lot of little fourteen year old dirtbags running around town. Here you got a kid who's actually doing doing something productive and trying to, you know, follow his his life's ambitions and dreams to, you know, fish out of a kayak, as he says, with the big with the big boys. So, um, yeah, I would appreciate it if you guys would go check that out. And uh, even if you don't want the flies, man, just you can notate that or whatever. If you just want to make a little donation, you're more than welcome to do that. And uh, Peppy says, <laughs> go sports authority or go home. Yeah. I think no. Greg's in the chat room there. His, his fishing buddy who almost got killed yep. the other night. Uh, do, you, do you guys, uh, do you guys, um, did, sorry, did uh, Noah jump on that boat for sale? There was a PA that came up, and uh, it was a pretty darn good deal. I know he was looking for one at one time, so I, I don't know. That was a guy who was moving, and he was looking to get rid of everything or something like that, right? Yeah, he had he had all kinds of stuff to go with it. It was like 2500 bucks or whatever. He doesn't want yellow. Wow. You pass, he passed on the kayak because of the color. You can get it wrapped. You can make it whatever color you want. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Or even sell it if you can, if you have to buy something else. I mean, exactly, dude. For what it, he could he could have uh, bought that boat, turned around and sold it for a hundred or two hundred dollars more, and got the one he wanted. Yeah. Wow. Yellow looks better in pictures, so you know whatever. I found that out. It does. Yellow looks a lot better than that dune does in pictures, but regardless, <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> but uh. Cool. So, yeah, there's that. And then, uh, yeah, there's a couple things, a few things that uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing at ICAST. And, and one of the things I think that I'm most most excited to see, honestly, is um, Akuma has a new line of uh, inshore rods coming out. Now, you guys know I've been pushing Akuma pretty hard uh, through the store, and, and I talk about them. From time to time here on the shop, I mean here on the show, shop, whatever. It's all the same. Um, they've done a lot of really good things over the last couple of years. Uh, there's a lot of great rod manufacturers out there. You guys know that I personally am throwing the adventurous custom stuff, but uh, as far as a rod to sell in the shop at a really good price point, I can't wait to put my hands on these things. Um, I had the uh, Akuma product manager and the Savage Gear product manager, along with the Akuma rep in my store a couple months back, and they were asking uh, information about, you know, what would I do with a, how would I build a, an inshore rod for over here, length and rod class and this, that, and the other, whatever. So what they've come up with, I think, is what they call the East Coast Inshore Series of Shadow Stalkers kind of giving you the impression that it's a rod to use for sight fishing purposes, right? So um, looking forward to that. I think the price point is going to be pretty good. Don't quote me. I think it's going to come in right around $100. Could be a little less, could be a little bit more, but somewhere in that $100 price point. And um, that's one of those things. I think that 
we're going to start seeing a lot more of that. I just got a e- an email tonight from a company, and give me just a second, and I'll pull it up, called Superfly. Um, fly fishing for everyone, I guess is their slogan. And they have a, they're launching a new complete fly fishing kit to grow, to help to grow the sport. So uh, that'll be interesting to see that as well. Superfly is the name of that company. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the boats, I think, are going to be very interesting to see what's new coming out from the different manufacturers. Um, the, the Yeti soft-sided cooler bag uh, has my interest. Um, obviously, as a retailer, it has my interest uh, to see, you know, what, it, what it, it's all about. I mean, it's kind of pricey, but... I mean, if it's a soft-sided cooler, I guess that you could have forever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hey, it's what I was saying about it. The same thing, Chuck. I think it's pretty cool that the Yeti came back, came out with a soft-sided cooler. I, the same, same as you. I when I saw the price tag on, it, I go, wow. <laughs> I go, oh man, for a soft-sided cooler, I go, that's a lot of money. But you know what? If it works and it does what it's supposed to do, like all the other Yeti products do. There's a market for it. There's a market for it, and especially for yakkers, for kayaks, yeah. it's going to be great. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I, I spoke to um, Tim Creasy, who is obviously our local uh, Yeti rep, and um, no, you cannot stand on it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I guess you could stand on it, but it's not going to support you. It's <laughs> like you're standing on a piece of foam, I guess. But um, he, he's got a guy who's been field testing one for a while and he says dude i stopped using it as a cooler bag and honest to god he uses it as a dry bag for his cameras he says it's he says it's so tough and the the zipper seal is so good that he puts his expensive cameras in the bag so i don't know man look at look at the price of like a uh of a pelican case a good sized pelican case will run you three hundred bucks. Yeah. So if this could be a dry bag slash if you need to use it as a cooler cooler bag that has the the quality that's that's to be expected from a company like Yeti. Yeah, I could see people buying it. I'll give you a good example of something that I didn't think would sell as well as it does, the Rambler cups. <laughs> Who thought in a million years that I would – I literally have a laundry list of people who are waiting for me to get more of the 30-size cups. I got got two people that want four four 30-size cups each. They're $35. (laughs) It's a cup. It's a $35 cup. I love mine. The Wizards and the Unicorns did a great job in designing this thing. But that's mine right there. There's mine right there. So <laughs> you know, it's a it's a cup. Listen, okay, advertising time for Yeti. So I like slushes, right? Like if if I have a. Uh, if I have a, a downfall, it's a Slurpee or a slush of some kind. That is like, that's my kryptonite, man. Like, I have to have it. I, I mean, I, I don't want to have it, but I have to have it. Like, it's whatever. So, uh, 
Let me tell you, you could have a Slurpee for like two days in this damn thing. It would never last that long. <laughs> but, you know, typically Slurpees melt like in 20 minutes. I'm going to test that theory, actually. I'm going to go to 7-Eleven one day. I'm going to get a, Slurp- a Slurpee in a normal Slurpee cup. And I'm going to pour a Slurpee into this and have one in a normal Slurpee cup and just do a, a time comparison. I bet you a Slurpee in that cup, in the Yeti cup, will last for hours. Crazy. I imagine. Yeah, I imagine it will. Yeah. But anyway, make a long story short, the point of that story was that when Yeti comes out with something new, obviously they put a lot of work into it. Um, you know, they do a good job. You know, they did. They do, they do a good job. And as a retailer, I appreciate that because it gets people coming back for more. So there you go. Yeti cups. I, I imagine... The only thing that gets me chucked with the with the bag and stuff, which I imagine Yeti, if they're coming out with a soft sided cooler like that, um, that is that is, you know, that costs three hundred dollars. I imagine the zippers on it are going to be salt water proof. I imagine. Oh, they are. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're yeah. they're salt waterproof and they're waterproof. Okay. So if you if you say you got say you got thrown off the boat, they're not going to advertise it for it. But the guy who's been field testing it told Tim, if you got thrown out of the boat, if you could grab one thing on the way out, he said it would be that bag because it would it would darn near float you. Wow. So you know, uh, hey, it, it could work, man. I mean, obviously, companies like that, big companies like that, don't take products to market. In, in such a grand fashion unless they know it's going to sell, you know. And there's a lot of people out there that love to buy name brand. They love to have the latest and greatest. And so, you know, it'll be, it'll be good. I think our, our boys over there at PowerPole have the foot, the foot controls coming out for the micro. Yeah. Yep. And so I'm waiting for the battery. I'm waiting for the – the, oh, the rechargeable, rechargeable battery pack? Yeah. 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 Oh, by the way, speaking of that, so uh, I hadn't charged my, my battery for my power pole in two trips, and um, I checked it the other day just to see yesterday. Was it yesterday? What's today? Monday? Yesterday. I checked it yesterday just to see what uh, how much power it had before I left the house, and I was only down one bar. So I've, I've had a couple people ask me, you know, how long does the battery last or whatever before you have to charge it? I don't know, man. <laughs> Apparently a while because I use, I use it a lot. I mean, I'll go, I'll move a casting distance and use it. I'll move, move a casting distance and use it, or I'll, I'll use it to reposition myself and whatever else. So, um, <laughs> damn you, Wade. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> whatever um yeah so that was uh that was that the, the battery life is great um Dylan, yeah so we'll say this too okay um peppy what are you looking forward to uh to seeing there like is there any is there any products in particular that you've heard about that you that you really want to get by and see since you only have one day i mean do you have like a a list of things you absolutely want to hit I just want to, uh, to tell you the truth, there's really not just one product that I really want to see or anything like that. Um, I, I really want to check 
you know, as many things as I can out. You're like, you know, I'm going over there and, and trying to see, you know, see what's out there, see, see the different stuff. To really, for, to say that I want to see one thing or something, is there something really that I really want to see? No, nah, not really. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what's out there, what's new, you know, that kind of stuff. I am looking forward to talking to a few people that, that, that um, they know I'm going to be there on Thursday and they're going to be there. Certain people that we never see, you know, that we hardly ever get to see. Um, right. Looking forward to that. Um, also, our little get-together afterwards like we're doing. You know, we're doing get supposedly on Thursday night we're going to get together. So um, that's going to be fun. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, I just like, you know, this whole thing of the whole industry getting together and stuff like this once, once a year. That doesn't happen every year. Here, here in our hometown, um, it, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, that's what I'm really looking forward to. Of course, you know, everything else, you know, yeah, I, I want to see everything that's out there, of course, yeah, but, um, you know, mainly looking forward to having a good time and, and just and just seeing all these old people, you know, old friends that I haven't seen in a long time, you know, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, it's going to be good for sure. Um, so Wade's been talking about there in the chat room. We're going to bring it up. Uh, for those of you that know or knew or heard about the, uh, the little dirt bags that stole everything from people out at Cars Park during Alan Ryland's tournament that he put on out there, um, just so you know, if you haven't heard yet, that they were that they were caught. Um, you know, they don't call dope dope for nothing. When you're young and you're misguided and you do stupid crap like steal from people, uh, typically it doesn't take very long for the guilt or you to show that you're guilty to come out. Because, as I said earlier, I worked in law enforcement for a bunch of years, and these two little individuals, we'll call them that, it's a family show, these two little individuals came up to the, the table where Alan was at and asked about a cell phone that had been found uh, on the ground or if, if the cell phone had been turned in. And indeed, a cell phone was found and it was turned in, but it was turned into the authorities because of the idea that maybe perhaps that phone could be linked back to the suspects. When that was told to these misguided utes, <laughs> uh, I'm watching, the, I'm watching the kid's face, and I, I called it. As soon as I seen his face, I called it. I told uh, Alan, and I told whoever else is standing there with me, I said, those are your boys right there. Those are the dudes that stole everything from everybody right there. I'm telling you right now. Well, I put the word out. Uh, yeah, I put the word out on social media that I'm looking for anybody who's selling CI4s and custom rods and Akuma Helios's or bait casters or anything. GoPro cameras, anything. Got a lot of friends that live in and around the Merritt Island area, Cocoa area, whatever. Kids that used to be customers of mine when I worked out in the port. And these guys, you know, they all have my back. And so whenever I put those types of words out, man, we usually get a response fairly quickly. Well, that night, I got several messages from different people on Facebook about a couple of individuals that were selling off some gear. 
So let's go back to the dope conversation. So one of these brilliant young individuals uh, posted on his social media site that he's got some stuff for sale. And then has conversations with individuals, including uh, some friends of mine, giving great detail on what all he has for sale. So conversation by conversation is getting uh, screenshotted and sent to me, which then I turned over to Wade because Wade was talking to one of the investigators. So I was, basically all I was doing was just evidence collecting. It was very easy. <laughs> this, this, is, this, is not a, a, this was not a crime that was really hard for them to, to solve, to be honest with you. Because when you're young and you're dumb and you're full of, well, you know, and you got a couple thousand dollars in gear sitting in front of you and you want to make that money, as they like to say, uh, it's very easy to wait for them to slip up and mess up. So Landon, who's one of the gentlemen who had stuff stolen from him, just so happened to have the serial numbers from his GoPro. Um, I think eventually they still would have got caught regardless of the, the GoPro serial number numbers, but that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. So the GoPro was offered for sale. A buddy of mine was told to go and buy said GoPro from what, from the way I understand it, the way, the way that it went down. Once they got the GoPro camera, they were pretty much good on going and getting a warrant to go search the residence. And uh, at the residence, they found, uh, what was I going to say, they found Wade's rods and the combo I donated and some bait casters, some Yeti coolers, a, a, a boat motor, like, they they got a pretty good bust out of it. The one kid, he's 16 years old. He had, from what I understand, about $2,500 in cash on him. So uh, it's not like these kids had done this once. You know, they've been doing this for a while. And uh, anybody with half a brain would assume that uh, that these kids probably had some help from uh, grandma, grandpa, or mom and dad, or somebody, because I don't know about you, but when I was 16, I, I wasn't driving by myself. I, I had a learner's permit. Um, I never saw those kids drive up by themselves or riding around with grandma. So you had to have gone and stuffed and stored stuff somewhere. Somebody would have had to have transported you somewhere with all of this new gear. And unless grandma and grandpa are so old that they just don't have any concept of what's going on in the world. When your 16 year old child or grandchild is sitting there with you and all of a sudden he has, you know, two, two to two to 20, between $2,000 and $2,500 worth of gear sitting on his lap that he didn't have five minutes ago. (laughs) Something should click in your head and say that, Hey, my grandson's a dirtbag. But regardless, we'll leave that up to the investigators to figure out if anybody else needs to be charged with any kinds of crimes. But So he'll be charged with dealing in stolen property and grand theft, I would imagine. Um, 
and I hope that they, they teach him a little bit of a lesson, that the fact that there are felonies, I would imagine he's probably going to get probation. Uh, maybe a little bit of time in juvie, but more than likely probation, some kind of management counseling or something like that. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with the justice system, probation is actually not a bad thing to give the kid because being that he's a dirtbag, pro- it'll probably just carry on for a while. He'll probably end up being on probation for quite some time. He'll end up having to, uh, to, to spend a bunch of money on classes and go get p- piss tested and He'll have to be at home at certain hours and be here at certain hours and get checked on. And the old saying is come to Florida on vacation, leave on probation, come back on violation. Uh, well, if, you're, if you live in Florida and you get put on probation, you're probably at some point going to violate that probation if you're a dirtbag. And then you'll come back on your violation. So, um, yeah. The, the 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 probation system is one of the largest money making systems in the state of Florida. For that reason, if you if you, I'll tell you I'll, I'll give you a funny story. I had a guy one time I picked up on a warrant, and he he had done a uh, um he had done a uh, a burglary or something like that, got probation, and he was literally on the toilet when his probation officer showed up, knocked on the door and he's rushing, 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 trying to get off the toilet and missed his probation officer. Probation officer got in the car and drove off. Well, he got violated. Well, because he got violated, he got, he got re he got his probation reassigned for another two years because he was on the toilet. Chances are, yeah, chances are little dirtbag will end up being on probation until he's a, an adult. And hopefully, because we don't need anybody roaming around the streets of Brevard County that is that not only will steal from you, but will steal from you and then sit there and look at you knowing full well that he just stole from you. That's the craziest part. For those of you that weren't there... These two kids stole all of this stuff, all right, and then, uh, and then, come back the day of the weigh-in, so the 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 the, mo- the day after they stole the stuff, or that morning, <coughs> come back to the weigh-in and hung out the whole time, sitting around the people they just stole from. Those, didn't, those, didn't, didn't one yeah. of them win? I had heard. I don't know if it's true or not. Did one of them win the mailbox? No. I'm not sure. I, I, no, that's what I had no. heard from somebody. No, 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 no. It wasn't. It wasn't them. Okay. It wasn't them. But you know, I look at it like this. It's like if you can steal from someone. And you know the mood that everybody was in because everybody was talking about it at the weigh-in. If you can steal from somebody and then sit there <laughs> knowing the anguish that person's going through because their, their personal belongings were stolen during the night, which ruined the event for a lot of people, 
and not have a care in the world like it never happened, there's something mentally wrong with you. Uh Uh-huh. There's something mentally wrong with you. So, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It happens. It's part of life. You know, there's dirtbags in this world and you just can't explain why they do what they do, but they do it. And I'm glad they got caught. And if charges should, should come down on anybody else who was involved in helping to transport stolen property, that would make me happy. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt me. It wouldn't hurt my feelings to see grandma get locked up if she was involved in it. You know, it wouldn't. Grandpa, lock him up too. Why not? So, you know, make a long story short, we got, they got a bunch of the stuff back that was stolen. Uh, not everything was recovered, but Wade, Wade got most of his stuff back. He got three, three out of the three rods that was stolen and two of his reels back. The combo that Wade, I are they going to try to, Wade, are they going to try to, uh, are they going to make the kid pay you back for that one reel that you're missing? Yeah. They'll end up doing restitution on them, but I mean that that process can take for you know quite a while unless they seize the money that he had, the twenty eight hundred dollars. They seized it. They can the judge can then use utilize that twenty eight hundred dollars that they seized from him to to divvy out for the restitution if he sees fit. Um, just kind of depends on how that whole thing goes down. But uh, Greg's asking, where's the parenting these days? Well, the problem anymore, it's the pussification of America, all right? That's pretty much what it comes down to. Uh, you can't you, – you can discipline your children, but you can't, can't correctively discipline your children anymore because of the fact that everybody and their brother would call DCF on you if they see you smack your kid's butt. You follow me? So yep. I assure you – that I will never, ever have that problem with either one of my kids because my kids are being raised the same way that I was raised. So, and I promise you that we didn't even know DCF even existed when my dad used to pull the belt off his waist. Not that my dad ever, not not that my dad ever beated me (laughs) or beat me, but if I needed it and I deserved it, I got a spanking. And that's and truth truth be told, that's that's a major problem is the fact that parents are scared to discipline their kids or don't want to discipline their kids because anymore it seems like parents are 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 trying to live in the moment of their children's lives and trying to be like their best buddy as opposed to being a parent and disciplinarian. So you know, the show's kind of gotten a little bit off topic, but at the same time, hey, these are these are these are things that maybe one day will help somebody to not raise a little dirtbag. You know, you want your kid to act right, you need to teach him how to act right. You want your kid not to steal from people, you need to beat him if you find out that he does. You know, or teach him before that ever happens that it's the wrong thing to do. You know, and the the sad part about it is, is it's like. This this could be the beginning of a long, long, lengthy career of, of of in and out of jail and in and out of prison for these two kids, because 
you know, that, that there was no, there was no emotion. There was no, it just, it was just strange, man. I, the only people I've ever seen like that who just blatantly just didn't even care, honestly, were people who I took to jail for murder. Guys who kill people, they, they don't care. <laughs> they don't show compassion. They don't show uh, emotion. They don't show anything like that. That's exactly what it is. It's whatever attitudes. It's whatever. Who cares? You know? And he lawyered up right away. 16-year-old kid lawyered up right away. So somebody he already told knows. Him, if he, somebody if he told lawyered up, kid, he yeah. knows exactly what he's doing. Somebody already, somebody already talked to this kid and told him, if they come, you don't say a word and we'll get a lawyer. That's exactly what they did. Yep. I'm telling you, man, I have this conversation sometimes with my neighbors, and we talk about, you know, the way the world really is. And there's a lot of people that live in a little bubble. They live in a bubble of everything is bright and shiny and sunshiny and flowers are blooming and the world is safe and it's great and it's awesome. And the reality of the situation is it's not. <laughs> right? There's, there's the police that are out there that are the shepherds, the military men and women that are the shepherds protecting the flock of sheep. That, that's what we are from the wolves that are trying to take out the sheep. So I don't know how exactly we got so far off onto this topic, but I don't play games, man. In my store, I don't play games. You come in my shop and you try and steal from me, you're taking food off my kid's table, and I don't play that game. I'm not, I'm not so lenient as to call your mommy and daddy and, and try and rectify the situation that way. We'll handle business. So there you go. Don't, don't mess around with the Space Coast Kayak Angler family and try and steal our crap because we'll get you arrested. Right? That's for sure. Eventually, you know what? You know what? This it, it, it's it's such a small community, or it's the kayak community is a small community that you know it's it's great that all this that it, they got caught and stuff. I really did not think they were going to get caught, but that goes to show you how small our community is. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's growing and everything yeah. like that, but but look at that, look out how, how they end up getting caught. You know. Yeah, they got caught because they got caught because they tried to sell stuff to people who I knew. I mean, yep. honestly, when it gets down to it, the, the community is so small, so tight knit that they tried to sell the stolen goods from my friends to other friends that I know. And it's not just it's not just me. It could have been anybody that knew these kids, the, the other kids that bought them. But you know what I'm saying? It was it was because of the fact that the community is so tight that no matter who they tried to pilfer off their goods to, somebody would have known somebody who would have known somebody who knew the guy was buying it. So, you know, hey, there you go. Good. Score one for the good guys. Um, change the subject. We only have a few minutes left. Greg, Greg brought it up, so I'm going to talk about it. We got five, a little over five minutes left. Greg caught a grand slam in the storm. Congratulations. That's awesome, brother. However, 
it was about 8 o'clock, I get a phone call from Alex. Alex Gritchie calls me up and says, hey, do you got Greg, you got Greg Berry's phone number? I'm like, yeah, I got Greg Berry's phone number. He's like, well, can you give him a call? Because his truck's still down here at the launch at Cars Park. And the storm is like, the storm has been going on for hours. And it's the wor- some of the worst lightning I've seen in a long time on the new motor zone. So being a friend and being a concerned friend, I call Greg quick. And then I contact Greg's wife on uh, Facebook, Tammy. And I asked Tammy, have you heard from Greg? And she's like, no, why? Should I be worried? I'm like, I guess not. <laughs> he went fishing. He's sitting in a, a severe thunderstorm. I guess it's no, no cause for concern. But uh, that's, that's good, Greg, that your wife cares that much about you. Uh, but listen, seriously, if you guys go fishing in the summertime, and you, especially to Cars Park, and you just and you decide to go to the bridge, and the wind picks up and the storm's starting to brew. Don't don't hang around for another fish or two. Don't sit around and wait for, you know, all hell to break loose. Head back, get off the water, call somebody. If you if you if you have an, an issue out there on the water, if you if you need somebody to come down there and, and save you, you know. Call somebody. Let us know what's up. You know? I mean, it's fun and games now because you're fine and you made it through it, but what if you got struck by lightning? And what if what if uh, Noah got hit by lightning? Both of y'all got zapped. You know? If, if Alex didn't go down there to check on your truck to see if you're still out there because he talked to Mike, who came back because he saw the storm coming, then... Uh, Somebody the next day fishing up there by Bucks Creek would have come across you and uh, you and Noah's, Noah's body. Maybe if the Gators didn't get you, you gotta have a, you gotta have a float plan and you gotta stick to a timeline, especially in the summertime when you know the weather's not going to be perfect all day. We live in Florida; it's the summer; it's gonna rain. <laughs> like it's gonna pour somewhere. Right? I mean, it always does. Every afternoon it gets nasty. So I'm not picking on Greg, per se, even though when I see him, I'm going to punch him in the kidneys because he had me worried about him. But, you know, uh, just keep that in mind. If, you go, if you're going to go fish in an area where you're going to be pretty far away from your launch point, make sure you leave in a timely enough manner to get back before the, the lightning and stuff comes upon you. Because I know he's joking in the in the chat room, but I know deep down inside he was probably scared shitless. So I know I would have been. So you know I've been out there on that river before where it comes out of nowhere and jumps on you, and the closest thing I could find was a dock to hide underneath, and lightning's cracking everywhere, and I'm just my eyes are closed and I'm praying to God that he doesn't kill me. Or hiding underneath a bridge, you know. Stay off of islands. It's not a good spot to go to. You know, people get struck by lightning on islands in the middle of a waterway because the tallest thing in the middle of the waterway is the trees on the island. And if you're sitting underneath the tree, you're going to get hit too. 
You know, the best thing to do is lay flat in your kayak or get underneath the water. Or, I don't even know, man. Just try not to be in that situation. But we only got 90 seconds left. So that was your safety tip of the night. Happy, do your thing, brother. Let's get out of here and let's go enjoy ICAST this week. All right. Uh, I want to thank Native Watercraft, Powerful, Hucklebound, Harry Goods, Larry Fluor, Seabeck, KBB Outfitters, Kayaks by Boa, Hook One, Yak Attack, Ram Mounts, Tailing Toads, RCA Optics, and Herrera Stelly Cigars. Thank you. I got 60 seconds. I'd like to thank RCI Optics, Tackle Webs, Hobie Kayaks, Real Adrenaline, Energy Drinks, Ego Nets, ENO, Adventurous Custom Fishing Rods, Yak Gear, Railblazer, uh, whoa, whatever, give you a plug, <laughs> uh, Power Pole, Slayering, <laughs> Bending Branches, Intova Cameras, and Sea Deck. Uh, can't wait to see everybody this week. Everybody have safe travels getting down to ICAST. We'll talk to you guys next week with a follow-up show. Hopefully we'll have some uh, cool things to talk about. But with that being said, everybody be safe. Take a kid fishing. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. See y'all. Night. Kayak Fishing Radio presents From the Space Coast of Florida The Redfish Chuck Show Featuring your host, Charles Levi, a.k.a. Redfish Chuck, and the Redfish Chuck Show's co-host, 